Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. I'm back to another episode of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of hosting Leah Horton, who is a certified intuitive eating counselor and master health and life coach who specializes in guiding women to break free from the diet roller coaster and rediscover their food freedom. And we're going to talk about how all of this ties into burnout, not in just how we take care of our bodies, of course, right? On the physical level, that's what helps to heal burnout. but how intuitive eating and the studies that Leah has done and how it parallels with the business culture, the hustle culture, and how we can take the learnings from intuitive eating and create a kinder, more sustainable approach to health and success. So without further ado, welcome Leah to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kylie. It's a pleasure. (laughs) So For those of us who are not really like, what the heck is intuitive eating? Just explain to us a little bit about what that is and how intuitive eating can help us with symptoms of burnout. Yes. So um, high level intuitive eating is a framework for eating that at the root of it is self-care and learning to trust your body. The concept came from um, a couple of dietitians created it in the 90s, but what they saw is that how they were taught about nutrition and weight management wasn't working for their clients. Their clients uh, kept coming back. They would do well for a while and then it would slip again. And that, that weight loss focus and diet focus, restrictive eating just wasn't working. And at the heart of it, we're all born to be intuitive eaters. Like we naturally are connected to our body. We know what foods we like and don't like. We know when we're hungry and when we're, you know, you, you think about like a toddler eating, they know exactly what they want when they want food. But what happens as we grow, we get these messages from our culture or well-meaning parents or clean your plate. Exactly. Uh, Or like you can't have dessert until you've eaten all your vegetables or, oh, you can't be hungry yet. You need to wait till dinner time. Like all of these little messages break down the trust that we have in ourselves and our bodies. And we start to rely more on external cues for how we should care for ourselves versus what our body is trying to tell us. Like we have to eat at certain times of day and it has to look a certain way, especially diet culture has this kind of very one size fits all approach, but all of our bodies are unique and different and have different needs. And so really learning to connect with yourself is the best way that you're going to be able to take care of yourself instead of looking outside you for answers all the time. But when you've been, especially like in diet culture and have a history of dieting and monitoring your, your weight and your food, it's hard to get back to that. So the intuitive eating framework gives you 10 principles of exactly how to do that in a way that is going to really heal your relationship with food, your body, um, how you take care of yourself as a whole. And uh, my experience with it has also been completely game-changing with my body image and self-confidence and what it really means to honor my intuition and trust myself more, more than just 
my body, but my whole being my whole life. And it really was a game changer for me. And I think it's amazing. Now I'm like out to tell everybody about it. (laughs) And I love that you're talking about this because when I was in my burnout experience, that was the thing external. Okay, go here, do this. Like what's on my calendar? Oh, I have to do this. And I've talked about here on the podcast, the principle of mortgage time, meaning what is already docked out on my calendar? Like my kids were in sports, like Mm -hmm. there's already these things put on my calendar that I have to attend, you know, church. Oh, okay. Oh, now you're involved in children's ministry. Oh, now you're on the worship team. Oh my gosh. So all of these mandatory meetings that automatically get added to my calendar because I said yes to these external influences, right? And I know we're going to be talking about how you use the hustle culture and all of that, like the drive and all of that and how you relate it to the diet culture. Because, right, I forgot to introduce you as this, but you're the anti-diet health coach. I love that. Like, I am the anti-burnout business coach. Oh, because the hustle culture and it's the same thing, like you said, like dieting and the yo-yoing and like, ugh driven externally instead of listening Mm -hmm. to our bodies listening to what we want because I have the burnout archetypes like that is us listening to how we're supposed to market like if you are not an extrovert like don't do video marketing I just did a training today on this in another person's group like do you like listen to yourself what comes naturally to you that's the way that you should market yourself so the problem is we don't know what comes naturally because it's been so morphed by all of these other messages so it's kind of hard it's more of a process of unlearning than it is like learning new things we always think we need more knowledge and it's like no you actually need to set it all aside (laughs) yes get to the core of it and I've done your your archetype thing and I'm a perfectionist which is actually very common with people that have a history of yo-yo dieting because we tend to have that type a driven focus and very much the all or nothing type of behavior and how you do one thing is how you do everything how you approach your relationship with food is probably also how you approach work and how you approach everything else. And that can be a really awesome superpower to be type A and like, it really helps you get stuff done. And it also comes at a detriment of usually our own care for ourselves. When you get to the point where you're burnt out and you're overscheduled and you're doing all of these things, Self-care is like the first thing to go. I don't know how many women I talk to that are like busy and running around crazy and they go like all day without eating or they're like, you know, shoving protein bars down their throat in between meetings because they don't make themselves a priority. And it ends up to, it ends up perpetuating the cycle of burnout because now you're not energized physically. Like you're not eating enough. So no wonder you're exhausted all the time, right? You're prioritizing work over sleep. You're not making space for you to move your body in a way that feels good. And it's what's keeping you stuck in this cycle. Yes. Oh my gosh. Preach. (laughs) I need people to understand this. Because if we're not listening to our bodies, we're not listening to what our body needs, wants when it comes to food, sleep, self-care, like that's the ultimate recipe for burnout. And um, 
especially I know we talked about it on the pre-interview, but the binge and restrict cycle that you talked about. Uh, oh gosh. It's much yeah. that all or nothing. And especially, I don't know if most of your listeners are women or not, but women have kind of an extra layer of expectation and pressure to look a certain way. And especially when you're in like a professional environment, there's a lot that kind of comes with that. And so we're taught that we need to be focused on losing weight and maintaining a certain figure and doing all this. And it's it really ends up having a negative effect on our body image and then it impacts our confidence. And it's just your worth as a human being, your value as a human being is not in your appearance. It is not in what size jeans you wear. You are so much more than that. But we get stuck in this culture of that being the focus or being something that we need to be expending a lot of energy on. And I think what we really need to be expending energy on is feeling our best, not trying to look our best. Yes. Feel your best. You're going to show up as your best self, confident, energized, like ready to kick butt and take names and do all the things and feel really good about it. And I have a program called Own Your Audacity, and it speaks to that same thing, right? We're told to be quiet. We're not embracing our natural bent. It's like, well, if you are verbal, if you are a vocalized person, you verbally process and you've been told to be quiet and keep things to yourself. Or if your love language is hugs, but I grew up in an Asian household where just physical love wasn't really expressed. And having that physical touch wasn't something that was given. But if that's something that intuitively you're geared towards, you feel unloved. And then you don't know how to get in touch with your body. And you feel like asking for love and asking for what you need is wrong. And so many times, like you said, women, yes, predominantly women listen to the podcast. And there's this whole (sighs) difference between like, women and men, especially in business and entrepreneurship, right? A man could come on and like show up in a t-shirt, like hair uncombed and be like, dude, I make a million dollars. Yo, buy my stuff. And it's like just the bro marketing mm-hmm. perspective versus like um, the more feminine type of energy. I go to the gym with this person and she's, I love her, but she grew up in a country. She's not from the U.S. where health and beauty or just beauty, external beauty was prioritized. So, you know, getting Botox, getting liposuction, doing those things to her body, it's normalized in her culture. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's sometimes it's easy to get sucked in to that, especially when you're at the gym and you see women in just like sports bras and leggings and they look super fit, super hot. And you're like, oh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But it's okay because if I want to wear a t-shirt and sweatpants to the gym and that's what makes me feel more confident to work out. And, you know, I have issues with people gawking at me because I've been exposed to sexual trauma. We'll just say it out loud. I don't like working out with people gawking at my body. I feel self-conscious. And so if we respect everyone's bent or everyone's propensity towards a certain thing, then and we respect ourselves and honoring ourselves. It's okay if I don't feel like doing that right now. It's okay if I don't want to show up and do a Facebook Live because that's not my bent. It's okay if I want to take a nap at 2 a.m., 
Girl, you should be sleeping at 2 a.m. <laughs> you know, you know, if that's what your body needs and wants in that moment, mm-hmm. then go ahead, do it. Yeah. And I hadn't listened to my body for a long time and it was screaming at me and I still wasn't listening until I decided to like, okay, you're not listening to the screaming. I'm going to just be silent. It gave me the silent treatment and it shut down. I'm like, oh, my body's not responding how it needs to respond. My body shut down. I was in full-blown adrenal burnout. And it's like, oh, are you listening now? (laughs) I had a similar experience with my body. I ended up, um, part of it was like, being in diet culture and under eating and over exercising, trying to get to a quote unquote normal weight on the BMI chart, which is total crap. Don't ever believe anything that comes out of the BMI chart. But, um, my body was, I had digestive issues, like chronic daily problems. Um, and I had hip issues and I ended up getting diagnosed with fibromyalgia as well. And I really do think that it is because I was physically abusing my body for so long. And it was like literally doing anything it could to um, say, pay attention to me. And fibromyalgia is it's nervous system related where basically where you would normally feel like pressure on your skin. Somebody with fibromyalgia, it's like alarm bells, five siren alarms going off. If somebody like touches you or you feel pressure, it's actually like painful. And I do think it's because my nervous system was so dysregulated that that's what came up. And now that I've been on this healing journey and learn to be more accepting of my natural body type and take care of my body from a place of like, I actually want it to feel its best and setting aside any kind of appearance-based goals um, and really learning to listen to it. I don't really have any fibromyalgia symptoms anymore. And it's like, I mean, every now and then I can tell if I'm like overdoing it, it's like, I get a little bit of a flare up. It's like, okay, like, I'll back up. I got it. I hear you loud and clear. And that's the goal with this is to feel like you are in partnership with your body where you guys are teammates on the same side. And I hear so often from women where your body feels like an enemy that you're constantly having to fight and you're waging war on it. And it's like, Oh, it's just not doing what you want it to do. And so you like double down and try harder and do more like that's the whole diet culture thing is eat less and move more. You too can have the body of your dreams. And it's like, okay, (laughs) there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, But if we can get to a place where it's like, okay, body, I hear you. I'm going to do my best to take care of you. It is such a a beautiful thing because you have, it sounds like so woo woo and hippy dippy. And I promise I'm not that much of a, a woo person, but there's so much peace that comes with that. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately that's what I want for my clients who are experiencing burnout or just headed towards burnout is to feel that peace within themselves. And especially in business, we're always comparing ourselves to someone else's business. Like, oh, she had a six-figure launch. I'm not successful because I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Like we're all in business masterminds together, business groups, certification courses together, right? Like, oh, how did she land a TV spot? Because there was someone in my cohort that landed a TV spot. I'm like, how did she do that? But we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know if she invested in a PR team. Mm -hmm. But to us, it just looks like, oh, wow, we're in the same lane and she's faster than me. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, maybe she has a fast track pass. 
And, and you're only seeing people's highlight reel, right? Exactly. You're not hearing all of the negatives, the challenges, maybe how much sleep they're not getting, or if their marriage is falling apart or, you know, whatever else is happening, or if they came into it with a a privilege that they get to leverage that somebody else doesn't have. And I also think, I think about this, there's so much connections with health, right? Like your genetics play a huge role in your health and your body size. And we just ignore that and pretend that that doesn't exist. And if you just eat right and get the exercise that, and it's a very much a personal failing, if you don't have good health or the right body type, even though you may have been dealt a crappy hand of cards just out the gate, right? And it's the same with business culture of we think just push more and do more and work harder. And you just got to be doing the right things. And I noticed this when I got into my entrepreneurial journey, how similar it was because diet culture is very much the like lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And all of a sudden I was getting all of this like cold messaging from business coaches and stuff that are like six figures in six months or 10 weeks to a 10 K month. And it's the same exact type of sentiment. And it's all a product of the world that we live in that is so focused on results and them being fast. They don't care if it's actually sustainable or about your mental health or you as a human being all about like that bottom line. And that's not a world that I really want to be participating in. One of the things that I did, so I mentioned intuitive eating has this 10 principles of intuitive eating. And I was noticing I was getting kind of sucked into that business culture, hustle culture. And because I was just a year or two into being an entrepreneur and it's easy to get pulled into that. And I noticed what was happening. And I actually sat down and wrote out 10 principles of um business <laughs> for myself. Of like I kind of adapted the intuitive eating principles into and business principles and yeah. just like kept reading them and reminding myself of them to keep me on track and be like, okay, you've done this for your body. You've done this for your health. You can do this for business too. Yeah. Well, for those of us who are listening and they want um, intuitive eating principles for health and body, mm-hmm. <laughs> How can they get that from you? Yeah. So um, I have a intuitive eating journal for beginners and it kind of outlines the 10 principles of intuitive eating at just like a really high level, like the juicy nuggets. And again, we don't want to fall into the all or nothing trap. So what that journal does is it really just tells you two or three to start focusing on. Instead of trying to do all 10, all at once, like we don't want to overwhelm ourselves, just start with the things that are going to be the biggest needle movers for you. And we can kind of go from there. I love that. And like you said before, a lot of times people don't understand when you overload your system, right? You're overloading your nervous system. And that's what creates that pendulum swing. It's like the all or nothing. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do it all. And then we overload ourselves. We overwhelm ourselves with doing all the things. And then we have that crash and burn. It's like, okay, I tried to do all 10 things the first week. Uh, no, no. No, usually when I work with people, we start with at least like a six month minimum to try and start getting going. Because if you think about it, most of us have lived in 
a diet culture type of mindset for literally decades. And that stuff isn't just going to go away overnight. It takes time again to kind of unlearn all of that stuff. And what very often happens when we're talking about the diet binge restrict cycle, you think about, okay, a classic example is like, you feel like you're good all during the week, right? You're eating your breakfast, you're having your salad for lunch, you're eating like your pre-portioned out like dinner, whatever. Throughout the week, you feel like you're being so good. And then by the time like Friday afternoon comes around, you're just like, screw it. I just need my bottle of wine and my my tacos and whatever else. And then you get the like, screw it mentality for the whole weekend. And then, so this is where now you've over-restricted during the week. You've had too much um, rigidity, too much of like having to be good all the time. So then the pendulum swings over to that kind of binge emotional eating side and you tend to overdo it. And then you pile on a bunch of guilt and shame and you feel terrible. And then you swing back Monday morning starts again. We're back on plan and we right. just keep repeating that cycle over and over and over and over. Yeah. So many memes are like, Oh, starting Monday, <laughs> same thing with what we do in our businesses. It's like, okay, you go hard. You mm-hmm. try this marketing strategy like yeah I'm gonna go hard I'm gonna go all in and then like you said at the end of the week or the end of the month or however long you plan to go hard you're like okay Mm -hmm. I'm spent and it's not only physically it's emotionally mentally spiritually you're tapped out on every level Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I don't do a launch model at all. It's exhausting. And you have to like have so much energy up front that by the time like the next group starts, I'm tapped and I'm like, I'm not my best self uh, for that. And so that's what I just do evergreen. And I'm like, I'm just going to show up every day, how it feels best to show up. And when you're ready, I'm ready and let's do it. Girl. Right. I was doing project management, launch management for a lot of health coaches I got my health coaching certification and then people saw what I was doing in my business and said, Hey, can you do it for me? So then I started managing all of their businesses, managing all of their launches. And last year, about a year ago, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with that cycle. Cause it was, it was a lot of that, oh, like you go hard launch mode, going super hard. And like, ah, oh. but I had this one client who was always wanting to launch. It's like, okay. We did a launch. Okay. I didn't hit the numbers I wanted to hit. Okay. So next week we're going to do another one. It's like, wow, we didn't even get to rest. And mm-hmm. she was burning out her team. Mm-hmm. You well, know, and you so- have to, I mean, like from a strategic standpoint, you also have to have periods of where you're focused on like growth and like audience growth. Cause otherwise you're just right. launching to the same, like 10 people over and over and over. <laughs> but that's, right. you know, whole strategy thing. Right. Uh, no. And that, that's what I was telling her. It's like, Hey, we're burning out your list. Like people are dropping out like flies. Like she's like, why are we not getting the same signups that we did with the first one? I said, well, you're burning out your list. You know, they can only attend so many webinars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love all of this because, mm-hmm. right. I started out my journey in coaching as a health coach and switched to helping more entrepreneurs because I saw that they were burning out and I was helping people with the physical symptoms of burnout. But then I was seeing like what was driving these entrepreneurs towards burnout. And I'm like, you know what? I got to talk about the marketing. I got to talk about that drive, that hustle culture. How do we dial back from that? How do we take it down a notch and let our bodies naturally find out what's our best marketing strategy, which is why I have that burnout archetype quiz. Mm -hmm. Because we're trying to do 
it's like trying to do Mediterranean, paleo, keto, and you're like <laughs> yo-yoing between all of these different diet strategies. The same thing with marketing strategies. You're doing all the different launch strategies or whatever. It's like you can't yo-yo your business. You can't yo-yo your body. So, your, your body will tell you when something feels in alignment. And I, there is a part of this that's like trial and error, especially when you're a new entrepreneur figuring out like what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. And you'll know when something doesn't feel right. Right. Your body, your nervous system has ways of being like, oh yeah, I kind of feel icky doing this. Or like, oh, it feels harder than it should be. That's a sign that it's not the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being here today and just exposing the hustle culture and how it connects to the diet culture. And, you know, when you're talking about years, it's been generational for some of us. We've seen our parents with the jazzercise and the Jane Fonda, all of that diet culture and exercise culture. And now in our generation, it's, we've, experience that generationally. So I love that you're helping women break that cycle and start to listen to their bodies, tune into their bodies and helping them repair their nervous systems in the process. Because I've talked about it here on the podcast, like that somatic response to trauma and everything that we've been exposed to so much things we've been exposed to intentionally, even unintentionally, our nervous systems are on high alert. And that's what keeps us in that fight or flight, in that high burnout mode, because our body hasn't had time to come down and recover. So thank you for exposing all of this today. I'm so thankful for you and like what you're doing in the world and helping women recover from I'm going to say it's an epidemic. It is an epidemic. Is that the weight loss beauty industry is like a 400 billion dollar industry globally and it's unfortunately one that doesn't have our best interest at heart and it, it's hard to shut out those messages that we're bombarded with every single day but I promise you it is possible and focusing on your health and your self-care should not be hard. It should not be something that adds stress to your life. That's counterproductive, right? You need to find a way to take care of yourself that uh, really is easeful. Well, again, thank you, Leah, for being here today on this episode. And for those of you who are interested in getting that freebie, you know, it's going to help you not only with Say you are struggling with your body image or whatever, but it will also help you to listen to your body and eat the right foods, tune into what your body wants. And like once we heal the systems in our body, we can start healing the symptoms of burnout, whether you approach it from a holistic standpoint on the physical level, and then you start working into the emotional and the mental and the spiritual levels. All of that incorporate is going to reduce burnout for you as an entrepreneur. So again, Thank you today. It was such a great episode. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kylie. Bye guys.